1: Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven and I am your host as always. And joining me today is a very special and returning guest, Mr. Kent Swanson, host of the Kansas City podcast for the uh, KC Sports Network. Kent, thanks for joining me today, man. What's up? How you doing? Hey, more than happy to be
2: on. Thanks for having me on again. Uh it's going to be a fun season, I think. It's going to be a couple couple
1: highly paid quarterbacks here in yes. the uh, AFC West going against each other. Yes, some a lot of money being thrown around in the AFC West for quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> some of it justified, more justified than other money being thrown around, but hey, you know what it is, what it is. But um you know, what we're, we're going to have a, a great conversation about the Chiefs and this the state of the Chiefs and and talk with uh, can't hear about some of the biggest burning questions facing the chiefs this year. So uh, some great Intel as we kind of round into the regular season um, before we dive into the nitty gritty, just like, what's the vibe this year? You know, I- I'm always so curious about the way that coaches and teams handle like coming off of a super bowl. And, you know, I've heard about Andy Reed and his physical practices. Right. But like you've been at training camp, what's the vibe around the chiefs right now? Uh, you know, <sighs>
2: I, it, you would think it's a little flat, but honestly, I think the vibe is, I think Mahomes is conti- continuing to, Patrick Mahomes kind of continuing to push this team forward, and he's kind of pushing on some standards. It's kind of interesting, Uh you talk a little bit about that, and the first preseason game, the ones looked terrible, mm. but... Mahomes kind of tried to keep the energy going around the rest of the group to kind of continue to to like push them to kind of play harder and, and show some intensity and show some urgency because he thought they showed up flat to start that game. And so I think I think it's like, you know, it's it's probably a little weird going from your last game being the Super Bowl to, you know, a half-filled Superdome in New Orleans for a preseason game. Yeah. But I think I think that was kind of like a, a moment of like the urgency has got to pick up every single day kind of thing, if that makes sense. And so um, I think the guy leading from the front is the guy setting the standard, which is great. And uh, I think he's kind of, I think he's kind of pushing for urgency because I think he's chasing
1: Tom a little bit or trying to. Yeah. Yeah. And um, rightfully so. I mean, uh, his appearance on the quarterback series was, was uh, as a casual football fan, right. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch and, you know, the way that he's he's able to push through these things. And um, we'll get to another uh, standard holder for the Chiefs. That's obviously Chris Jones. There was a report by Tony Pauline today, apparently that there's not been a ton of recent communication between the Chiefs and Chris Jones. Is this something that's going to bleed into the regular season? Or you think this dispute gets handled before week one?
2: Yeah, I, I d- depends on the definition of handled, right? Because like I think I think Chris Jones will be in camp sooner rather than later. I do right. think you know he's going to miss this next preseason game just because of the um you know the acclimation period that's required for all these players. So even if he reported right now, he'd still miss this week two game. He's running out of runway to kind of get game ready a little bit. But oh, yeah. I do think that he will be in a Chiefs jersey playing in week one of the season it's just a matter of if he's coming back with a long-term extension. I think we're getting pretty close to, you know, kind of a do or die moment where the chiefs probably, you know, like there's, there's, Hey, you know what, we're going to play the season out and see where we're at next year, which is probably code word for we're probably not paying you. But um, I think, I think that's kind of where we're, I think that's kind of close to what we're getting. He's going to be in camp sooner rather than later. I would anticipate it's just, Mm -hmm. he might not have a deal and it might just be time for him to play the season out and, Ball out and do what he did last year, and, and go get paid elsewhere.
1: Wow, that uh, that's a massive, massive thing to to be hearing right now. I, I I was not expecting that. You know, the defensive tackle market has really. Mm-hmm. exploded this year mm-hmm. I, I assume he's trying to get closer to Aaron Donald and that's that might be the hang-up of, of where the Chiefs are coming from right now so I, I think the problem is the gap between Quinn and Williams and Aaron Donald is just such
2: a huge massive number that I, I think it's just it's throwing a wrench in negotiations and yeah there's some reports I know Tony, Tony Pauline has said that uh, recently you know there's reports that maybe he's asking for the Aaron Donald or close to the Aaron Donald money Um, you know, there's been some conflicting reports about that, about, you know, how, how big the number is $30 million. I know $30 million is another, you know, key number that's been thrown around. It doesn't seem like chiefs are really even willing to get to 30 with him. Uh, so that's, that that's just, you know, from, from all indications. So it's, it's, it seems pretty contentious in the fact that like, I feel like training camp's a natural deadline, right? the first game of the season isn't a natural isn't really a natural deadline he probably right. if if conversations were going well i think there would be a deal struck by now there are it yeah brett veach even said like last week we might need to we might need to take a breath like both like the, both parties need to you know relax mm. step back and maybe get into renegotiation sooner rather you know, you know soon but it doesn't seem super optimistic from the outside looking in and and the clock is definitely ticking. Something has to be agreed to pretty quick
1: here. You'd have to think if he's going to get a long-term deal. Wow. This, uh, this is really catching me off guard. I haven't, I haven't been paying attention that, that closely, but this is kind of sounding like the Khalil Mack Raiders situation. Is that, is do you think it gets to that point where they potentially are talking about a trade instead of an extension? I don't. I would be
2: stunned if they trade him in. You know, this season. You know, this entire off season's built been built around trying to get something done with him. This team's been built around expecting Chris Jones to play. I do think it's possible that the Chiefs could tag and trade him out after this season. You know, I, they. It, it's a big cap hit to hold on to for however long it takes you to get. You know, to move Chris, but you know, it's not the worst thing in the world to have Chris Jones on a contract year his best seasons have been on contract years and this would have said, I mean, last year was kind of treated as such and this year would kind of obviously be the same thing. So, you know, I I don't think they'll trade him before the season. I think that would be a really bad move. Uh, But I do think it's possible that they could move on from him after the season in some kind of tag and trade situation,
1: get some draft capital back for him. Wow. I mean, this team just traded Tyreek Hill. I guess I shouldn't be that surprised. Um, But man, that's Chris Jones is such a great player and, so I would love to see him out of the AFC West, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, for
2: sure. And he is a great player. And, you know, he showed out last year. Last year was his best season. Um, played the run consistently, did all the things that Joe Cullen, the defensive lines coach, asked him to do. But um, you know, it's also it's it's tricky navigating the salary cap for this team and um you know like there's some other players that they want to pay at some point too and you know they got to figure all that out with chris so it's it's going to be an interesting time and and something that's going to be fascinating to
1: watch them navigate for sure yeah absolutely all right we'll uh we'll pivot gators here to some of his teammates that are practicing um obviously the Chiefs have invested back-to-back first round picks in in pass rushers with george Karloftis and felix Andrade Ozama. What's been the the reports out of these young pass rushers as the, the this group kind of steps into their own without Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap returning from last year's team?
2: Yeah, I think it's been pretty positive reviews. Uh, Felix Anudike Uzama kind of had a slow start; he missed some of the you know the off season workouts and he had a little slow start into training camp. But you know he he showed out in that first game and kind of showed some of the reasons that there's re- you know reasons to be optimistic about him. You know he's got some ability to to run up the arc; he can bend it a little bit. I'm um, still kind of working to utilize his hands consistently, but he showed a lot. George Karloftis, you know, I, I don't know, like I, there's steps for him to take for sure as a player, but I don't know if he's ever going to be your, you know, true number one edge rusher type. Mm-hmm. Um That's why the chiefs need Chris Jones back because he is the, you know, premier presence for that defensive front. But as a complimentary piece, like I think the likes of George Karloftis, Felix, Andy, both really strong rookies. And, and, you know, they still got a Mike Dana. They've got, uh charles and many uh, after the first six games of the season he'll be back so you know they, they've got some some good options but they're all more complimentary pieces at this point
1: yeah i, I think that's fair i, I liked felix and i thought he was a little bit underrated in the draft but um yeah i felt like that was the, that was the right landing spot for him in like the late or early 30s late 20s so i think that the chiefs did find value there is there any pass rusher that might like surprise folks you know because i'd like I think with Spagnuolo and his scheme, like there's always that one pass rusher that can kind of come out of nowhere. Is there anybody under the radar right now for the Chiefs that we should uh, be aware of right now? So I I think, you know, like Felix has looked really good.
2: So there is one Tershawn Wharton, the interior defensive Mm -hmm. lineman is coming back from Missouri. S. and you know, he's from Missouri S&T. He was an undrafted free agent uh, towards Achilles last season uh, and is coming back from that. So he's working back, you know, from that injury. He was a he's a disruptive pass rusher specific along the interior, but the dark horse, I think, to keep an eye on if, you know, if, if everything kind of works out well for him, BJ Thompson, the edge out of Stephen F. Austin, he was their fifth round pick, and he's kind of a different mold of pass rusher that we've seen from, you know, typically Steve Spagnolo has a very strict threshold of length, density, ability yeah. to play the run. B.J. Thompson's kind of like their, you know, exception to the rule where he's a guy that can really, you know, keep ch- pressure up the arc with with really great speed and burst, some flexibility. Um, he might be a guy late in the season to watch. Uh, so, you know, if it's a you know if it's a dead heat late in the season, you might see B.J. Thompson in some pass rush situations uh, in, in that uh, in that final game against the Chargers.
1: There we go. I think uh, you and I were talking about the great work that the Bootleg Football Podcast does, uh, and they were big on BJ Thompson. if I remember correctly, so mm-hmm. um, some good love there. All right, let's let's get back to the offense. Um, obviously, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes—that's the brain trust, right? But you know, they're they're pivoting away from Eric Bieniemy this year as as he's you know taking the job in Washington. Um, Matt Nagy obviously coming back from Chicago last year as a quarterbacks coach. This year he's the offensive coordinator. Is anything really going to change with Nagy or is it kind of just going to be, you know, business as usual or is he going to bring some of that stuff that maybe he did in Chicago over to the chiefs this year?
2: He might be high. like, we, we kind of have some, we, we run some jokes that sometimes it looked like Matt Nagy was running Andy Reed's playbook from a couple years prior <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in Chicago. Like some of the yeah. bubble RPO stuff stuck around longer. No, like Matt, Matt Nagy, um, you know, I think you saw his imprint a little bit last year with with some things and he I mean, he's a he's been a solid voice for this team this, you know, this last season and obviously just kind of getting thrust into a bigger role this year. Um, he was a piece of Alex Smith's renaissance his last year in Kansas City, um, kind of got him to to sling the ball around the yard a little bit. So there's some familiarity with Patrick Mahomes. That I think is really valuable, some synergy there. I don't really anticipate this group missing a beat, uh, skipping a beat, honestly. Um, it's it's been a pretty cohesive staff and you know, Nagy being here last year is a big help. And I think, you know, I, I don't think it's gonna change all that much because you are know, right. Andy and you know, they Andy always says he has fifty one percent of the you know, of the control, but like it's a that extra one percent is is heavy. As a, yeah. It is a significant 1% right there. So, um, no, I I think they're well positioned. I think
1: they'll be just fine. Yeah. Um, obviously, the other transition in offense, losing both offensive tackles, swapping them out with Juwan Taylor, Donovan Smith. Um, there was that, like, initial belief that Juwan Taylor was going to be left tackle. Instead, he's, he's sticking at the right side. Donovan Smith on, on a pretty decent contract. What has that transition been like for the Chiefs so far?
2: Well, it's interesting, you know, Donovan Smith gets signed right after the draft and you know, we just got done talking about Felix and Udk Uzama as their first round pick. I'm not sure that they weren't looking at tackle uh Mm. pretty strongly. Maybe maybe an Anton Harrison uh Mm. being part of that group. And some of the left tackle conversation might have been about Juwan Taylor, might have been to maybe, you know, slow down some of the some of the you know speculation about that. But um donovan smith i think it's well noted now he had a rough season last year played through some injuries and and tried to tough some stuff out um these tackles look great Hmm. um early like early returns on this tackle group is is fantastic i would argue better it's better than last year's situation i would say um better fits for what the chiefs want to do specifically Juwan taylor um donovan smith looked great in that first preseason game looked healthy um and he's there's a lot of optimism that the, some people think that internally that the Chiefs have the best offense offensive tackle situation that they've had in Patrick Mahomes' tenure here, which is saying a lot because Eric Fisher yeah. and Mitchell Schwartz is a really good tandem. So um, there's a lot of optimism for that tackle group right now.
1: I think if you are an objective observer, I think you probably consider Taylor and Orlando Brown at worst case a wash. You know, I would argue that Jawan Taylor's a better player, but. Um, if you get if you can get Donovan Smith from two years ago, then mm-hmm. absolutely that's an upgrade. You know, in the tackle situation as a whole. I mean, Andrew Wiley, no disrespect, is I, I think earned that contract with Washington. But you know, you're talking about potentially two very clearly above average tackles here, which I think <laughs> as if you guys needed the help, man, or you got the best interior in the league, and now yeah. you get a great tackle situation too. Yeah,
2: no, I, if, if they, if they pull this off with, I mean, I, I think Jawan Taylor is a set it and forget it guy. It's always a little scary to, you know, kind of play the game that they're playing a little bit, I guess, with the left tackle position, you know, with Donovan Smith, but you know, they're not, they're, I'm not slandering Orlando Brown, but they, they're used to helping their left tackle. So, um, you know, even if Donovan Smith doesn't play the same way he showed early on, uh, in camp and, and in the preseason, I, I, they have answers for it and they've got really four strong offensive linemen around them. Like Donovan Smith might be maybe
1: the weak link and that's saying something that's, that could be a really good group. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm very excited as a, again, I, I love watching offensive line tape and I think the chiefs have one of the best in the league. Uh, unfortunately for us, but you know? <laughs> should be fun, man. I'm a, Hopefully we get Joey and, and Khalil healthy this year and should be a yeah. Fun matchup. Yeah. Um, my last question about the offense is—is is just this receiver group because nationally there was a ton of hype about Kadarius Tony being like a wide receiver one. You know, ESPN was really hyping that up this summer as something that the Chiefs believed in. Um, he's obviously injured right now. I, uh, to my knowledge, I don't think he's back. Right? No, he got injured before the first training camp practice started. Oh. <laughs> It's
2: it's he got injured in the warm up like the punt return warm ups before that's right. the official
1: practice even began. There we go. All right. So that's that's a that's an interesting one. Not some guys, you know, at, just it, yeah. Some guys just you know, uh I've told this story a couple of times. I don't know if you, uh Zach Moss, who plays for the Colts, he played at University mm-hmm. of Utah. He tore his MCL getting out of bed one time. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> some guys just have that they, kind they of luck. Have the knack. <laughs> Um, anyways, so was the Kadarius Tony type hype ever real for you? Or do you mm. think that was kind of uh, a summer thing? And without him, who do you think is going to kind of emerge as, as wide receiver one this year?
2: So, I mean, we spent a lot of time on our show talking about the wide receiver position this entire off season. It seemed like a very clear, like this, I, we'd like to see this address, like, you know, and, the talk about Kadarius Toney never rang true for us because he's just always been injury prone. And, you know, even Brett Veach talks about, Hey, we need to have, we need him to have a good, um, you know, we need him have a good off season, you know, get through training camp healthy, can't get through the first practice. And that's always been like the big knock on him. Like his talents undeniable. And like, he made some big, big plays for this football team when he was healthy. He just was not, healthy very often and so yeah there's there's other guys that are you know gonna have to step up and as far as like a true wide receiver one like technically i just call it travis kelsey because like all these guys right. are just going to be operating in the aggregate i don't think there's going to be some guy that's just you know a steady number two behind kelsey i guess you know or a true number i don't think there's gonna be a steady one number one receiver it's going to be different guys different weeks It'd be marquez valdez scantling one week sky Moore another week it might be rashi rice uh, you know here or there uh even richie james is getting some love uh patrick mahomes loves justin watson uh so like i think it's just operating with you know a a roster deep in capable bodies but maybe not necessarily a true wide receiver one although i think you know a, a guy like sky could could emerge and have a solid season sure sure
1: uh, very committee by approach. Sounds like. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Last question. Very. World, we'll get, yeah. <laughs> very. OK. Uh, last question. Then we'll get you out of here. Um, this has been great. I, I, I'm just curious because the Super Bowl hangover conversation is is such a real thing. You know, you're talking about the, the vibes at training camp. Uh, as somebody who covers this team, is there any concern for you about a, a hangover this year? Or do you think it's going to be business as usual for the Chiefs? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I don't think it'll be a Super Bowl hangover, and it, it does fall on Mahomes. You got to remember; I think the best record, regular season record in the in the Andy Reid tenure in Kansas City. I think the best in franchise history was immediately following the Super Bowl. Hmm. So the year that they went and lost to Tom in that Super Bowl, that next year, which I mean they made it again. Uh, I think they were fourteen and two. I think it was still sixteen games. Um, so they had they had their best record ever after that, and. You know, Mahomes, it's it's kind of crazy to see Mahomes step into, you know, the second wave of second act of his career. It's kind of weird saying that, honestly. But, you know, I think he's at a point where the young guys see him as that figure in a different way than maybe when he was 25. And so his presence in this team in that locker room is different. Not that it was he was never a leader, but it's different now. And I think there's just there's such a standard being raised by him consistently and mm-hmm. the way he operates and how he works and what he expects and what he demands. That's kind of showing and revealing itself all over this. I'm not concerned about the about the the Super Bowl hangover in its traditional sense. I don't know if they're as good of a football team. We'll find out. Um you know, we'll see what happens with Chris Jones and how he performs. You know, they don't have a Frank Clark. Uh, you know, they have they're relying on some young guys in some spots. Is there a, you know, a sophomore slump for for the you know secondary? There's plenty of questions on this team, but just a, a true Super Bowl hangover. I don't know if that's going to be what is the
1: fall of this team. All right, there we go uh ken this has been awesome man where can uh chargers fans go and find you if they want to get some great chiefs intel throughout the season if you want to come talk smack on the kcsn youtube channel we do live shows
2: uh every monday night thursday night we do game previews if you want to get a perspective whenever the chiefs are playing the Chargers this season uh, you can go check those out but uh yeah we got a lot of great
1: Chiefs stuff going on on kc sports network if you ever want to know the enemy by all means come on over there we go love to see it uh you guys are doing great work keep it up obviously and uh thanks so much for joining me tonight yeah i mean anytime